this thing on? If you like rock music, punk, metal, or blues, then you've come to the right place because we like it too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Soundcheck, the rock and roll and alternative music podcast here at Central Michigan Life. My name is Michael Livingston. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Mullen, and our podcast editor, Ben Ackley. And today is the first crossover episode of Soundcheck. We have another Central Michigan Life podcast host in the Zoom call today, Mr. Brendan Valentine. How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. Brennan's here to talk about a very specific topic we have on our plates today. It's an episode I've been wanting to do for a very long time. Uh, we're going to talk about our favorite music from our favorite video games. Um, I know Andrew and I certainly have uh, a childhood full of video games. I don't know as much about Ben. And Brendan here is the host of the Raven Geeks podcast at Central Michigan Life, so it only feels fitting to have him on for today's episode. Um, Brennan's going to be on for an interview segment, and then Andrew, Ben, and I will go around the horn and pick our favorites like we usually do. Um, Andrew, you want to do the housekeeping? Um, sure. Um, you can follow us collectively, I suppose, at uh, S-Check Official. Uh, you'll see where we post our playlists in our episodes. So um, if um, when I say playlists, I mean playlists of, our, of the music we play in our episodes. Uh, I don't know if I should have specified that, but you can follow us there. You can follow me at Andrew Mullen 4. You can follow me at Michael C. Live. Brennan, you got any social to plug? I actually don't. I'm not a big social media person. Uh, not for myself personally, but um, I guess for the Raving Geeks podcast, um, we have a Facebook and uh, Twitter page at uh, Raving underscore Geeks for Twitter. Um, and you can just find us uh, on Facebook as well. Sweet. Um, and b before we kind of move any further, uh, since we've mentioned it a couple times, for people who may not know, you know, what Raving Geeks is, uh, do you mind if you kind of, uh, Brendan, if you kind of give us a little bit about what what you guys discuss in Raven Geeks, what people can hear when they check when they go check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Raven Geeks is like the weekly pop culture podcast uh, put on by uh, CM Life. So every week, um, I lovingly say that we discuss geek culture, uh, which is like high culture, but much better. Uh, we'll talk about like video games, movies, comics, um, usually something related to like current events, but sometimes we just like go around and say our favorite um, movie, uh, TV show, something like that, uh, related to a specific topic. Um, so if that's, you know, your cup of tea, uh, we'd love to have you come and listen and comment and talk about our uh, podcast. Nice. If you guys don't have anything else, I'd like to move into some of my interview questions here. Unless Ben, you got something to ask Andrew? No, you can hit it. My man. All right. <laughs> All right. So, I think we all have had these moments in our life where we are kind of, we visit a friend's house or we're hearing it, like maybe it comes up on Spotify or YouTube, you see it in the YouTube recommended, some music or some clips from video games that just like send you back 
to like your childhood. It's just nostalgia or it's just something you're really into at the moment. So Brendan, uh, why does good music help make a good video game? Um, why is it so important to have that audio element attached to that kind of interactive gameplay? Um, see, I, th I thought about this one a lot um, because, and I think the best way to describe it is it's really similar to um, why you have like score in a movie. Like the first thing that pops in my head with that is like the scene from uh, A New Hope where look, uh, Luke is like looking over uh, the farm with the twin sunsets. And then you've got John Williams coming in with like the most like fantastic orchestra in the world, like turning what would be a visually appealing scene that, but doesn't have like a whole lot of weight. It doesn't, it doesn't really drive the plot much. There's not really much going on, but then with the music, it gives people chills has like your, you know, the hairs on your arm standing up. And with video games, I feel like it does the same thing. Cause a lot of the, um, development of a video game is like the visual aspect, making sure everything fits the aesthetic that you want. Um, however, that visual aspect, like that, the vibe you want to give off with a video game can be missed if players aren't in the right headspace to kind of absorb that visual scene. And without the right music, you can kind of like lose your uh, gamers there. So like going into a boss battle, you won't you'll want something that's, you know, really dramatic that kind of gets your blood pumping. But if you're just like, you know, going through the tutorial or like the first, depending on what game you're playing, like first dungeon, first route, first cave, it's not as like high stakes. It's not as intense. So um, making sure that your uh, players kind of feel more calm and are like soothed by the music that's playing in the background can uh, kind of like set the tempo for where uh, the stakes you want in the game at the time you're playing the game. Yeah, I like that answer because... You know, I think the the key word to remember is like immersion. If I have music in the background while I'm playing a game that kind of corresponds with what I'm doing in the game, that only helps my immersion and helps me get more into the game. Is that do you think that's the only key component uh, video game music composers look for, or do you think they're trying to tackle some other goals? I think that's the primary thing when they're composing, they're thinking, all right, what's the context of the situation that, that the player's playing in at this moment? Um, and how do I want to get them to feel? Um, I think that happens a lot too in like the horror genre as well. Um, composers can come to it like, okay, I could, I can make the music really creepy or I could make it really minimalist in like that sense. Like it, it's scary when there's no sound, like the sound can be comforting. And I think that's part of it too is, um, you know, life doesn't happen in a vacuum. So you don't want the video game to feel like it's happening in a vacuum. So you have that like background sound. So like setting the mood is one thing, but also just providing like a more realistic setting to the video game as well. When you're composing the music, it's not just, Oh, we need to have sound in the background. It's like, we need a sound that fits that like contextualizes the world um, and comforts the gamer if they need to be comforted or hypes them up if they need to be hyped up. Yeah, I'm, I want to take a second to ask Ben and Andrew if you guys have any questions at this point. Um, I yeah, I do. And this is something actually a question I was thinking about that I wanted to ask Brendan. Um, kind of when I was going through my picks, you know, because 
I have some mix between the, the, the stuff that I've picked for uh, today's episode, but a lot of mine tends to be licensed music, you know, I mean, which makes sense. I'm a huge music nerd, so um, I tend to draw to stuff that may have soundtracks that may have songs that I already enjoy or music I've discovered through the game. But for you, Brendan, I don't know how much of a music geek you are, at least compared to us, but, you know, from your perspective, um, you know, as a video game fan, do you do you tend to enjoy music like original scores or you kind of like, I know like sometimes, you know, composers will, will be either make a lot more electronic based stuff, especially you go way back to the dawn of video games. It was all like kind of 8-bit music or whatever was before 8-bit. Um, or eventually they might have some orchestral stuff and, or a game might, like I said, you know, incorporate already pre-made, you know, licensed songs and kind of kind of make a soundtrack around that. Um, do, do you think one kind of soundtrack is better than the other? Or I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on that? That's tough. I'm hesitant to say that like one is better than the other because I think, you know, just like every game is different, like because each game is different, you need something different is going to fit like the vibe of the game, the aesthetic of the game. I think more with like big name titles, like you have like your Mario games that kind of have a vibe to them that like come out with a slightly different, you know, soundtrack each game um, versus some of your more like indie games um, that were those expectations of like sound don't exist yet. I feel like that's a big difference to kind of like maybe hype up a scene with something that's already established as like has a following that has a base that already is licensed that a smaller developer might uh, go after uh, might work better for like a smaller title. But like if you're getting licensed music for, um, you know, a franchise that already has like a big following that already has, you know, some original music that's established within the game, I think the licensed music doesn't quite work as well because then you have two established, um, you know, I guess fan bases, you have the fan of the game and the fan of the music that don't necessarily meld in together. If you can meld that, that'd be like incredible. But I feel like with the the big titles, let's say um, I'm a big fan of Mass Effect, um, but like the Elder Scrolls games too, like if you put licensed music in the Elder Scrolls games, that doesn't fit just because like the world of the game doesn't fit with like the modern music that we're producing or really anything that's been like licensed in the last, you know, hundred years at least. Um, so that just doesn't fit. But some games with a different vibe, like Cyberpunk recently came out. I could see them putting some licensed music in there that might fit with the vibe of the game. Okay. Yeah. I have a similar question, actually. Um, it's more of a preference-based thing. But I was looking through my picks, and I saw that a lot of what I like is video game music that for lack of a better term, sounds really video gamey. So relying on synths and chiptune sounding kind of stuff. If you had to pick, would you prefer a more cinematic score, like something you'd hear in Skyrim, or would you prefer uh, something a little more video gamey, like the kind of stuff I'm thinking? Um, I'm thinking the types of games that I play usually have the synth electronic um, music that go with it, but I'm not opposed to like an orchestral theme if, if it again like if it if it works but i think mo when i think video game music the the ones that i remember most vividly are probably that synth and electronic uh music yeah what else do you got michael i i was thinking just now that all of these factors uh, as far as like what this music sounds like depends on 
the time it came out, the genre of the video game, and you know many other factors. So you know, just tackling the time aspects, how do you think video game music has changed since the late '70s, early '80s to now? You know, 40, 50 years later, when we uh, when we can actually put in licensed music, or we can actually program in, uh, you know, orchestral sounds that are made specifically for the video games. I mean, that's a huge feat. What are your kind of thoughts on that, Brendan? Um, the first thing that pops into my head is like uh, with like the origin of video games that really like took place in like the arcade, and that was a very different environment than once like home consoles became a thing. Like if you're at the arcade you're probably, you could be competing with other people. It's a pretty loud environment. So like that original music was trying to like grab your attention and really focus you into that game. So like more abrupt sounds, not like, not anything that's really soothing. It's really trying to like keep you hyped up and engaged in what you're doing. Uh, If you're thinking like Tetris, original Mortal Kombat, Donkey Kong, um, those are really like, like uh, Ben said before, really synthy, really electronic. Um, And then like you move to like, one of the most popular games of 2020 was uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, which had a very different audience than the type of people that were going into arcades in the 80s. Like the people going into arcades in the 80s are like, I want to play a game with this, you know, singular objective and I want to beat it. It's very competitive. You're competing with yourself. You're competing with others. But then with Animal Crossing, it's kind of just like, I want to make a pretty island. You know, this is my place. I want to do this. I want to build it up. And the audience for that is really anyone that kind of wants to chill at home and do something not mindless, but like, there's really no like end goal of animal crossing. It's just like, Mm -hmm. make your Island what you want. And in terms of what you think is best, make it best. And sure. Like the, the competitive scene definitely is still exists and very present in like home console gaming. But even then it's a little bit different, uh, with, between like a single player experience where you're going in and, uh, fighting CPUs and then like eventually bosses versus like an online multiplayer where I feel like the music's less important because you have people you're communicating with. When it's that solo experience, it's still the, you know, get engaged, get tense, get hype, if uh, if that answers your question. Definitely. Um, another question I thought was would be pretty interesting to ask is I've seen a lot of video game music appear on social media, like... I'm, I, my mind immediately goes to things like TikTok that will, you know, use video game music to kind of in the background of a, a comedy video or what it, whatever it is, or, you know, Instagram memes or whatever. Do you think social media is having an impact on video game music kind of turning into more mainstream? Um, is that something you've paid attention to or th- any thoughts yeah, on that? Absolutely. Um, I vividly remember like in high school, um, all of a sudden, like after I got into like Spotify, like my, having like my own music library and stuff like that was there were video game music playlists. And I was like, that's a genre that like you can find and listen to. Cause I always just thought of it like, you know, the game and the music kind of fit together and they're their own thing. But, um, you know, there's this whole process that goes into like crafting, whether it's just score or, um, you know, there's like lyrics associated with the music too. Um, there's a whole process that goes in crafting it to the scenario of the video game, but just because it fits with that scenario of the video game doesn't mean you don't want to have that feeling that it evokes anywhere else in life. And I think is like the, um, as video game music has become more complex, like through the console era and, uh, 
up to today, people are finding more applications for the the feeling they're getting from the um, video game music. Some people I know use it to study because like when they're like uh, remembering their favorite games or hyped up about their games, you know, that's when they study best. That's when they can focus their attention the best. And some people use it to chill out. They're like, I have good memories from this music. I have, uh, you know, just good vibes in general. So it's something I want to listen to in my free time. It kind of uh, evokes that same feeling. And I think just like any other genre of music, uh, video game music has had its time to evolve. And it's it has a space in like the social media sphere, especially since people can kind of share it and don't have to like buy it on a CD. They can just kind of instantly have one song. And if they get tired of it, they can kind of like move over, which I feel like fits the video game genre really well. Fantastic. You nailed that. Ben and Andrew, anything else before I we ask uh, Brennan what his favorite video game music is? I don't think I have anything. I think I'm good. Brennan, what is your favorite video game music and how does it contribute to your favorite game? So um, I had a couple of things that I like thought of when you first asked me that. Uh, one of them was Cynthia's theme from uh, Pokemon Platinum. Uh, but that was like my first Pokemon game. So that's like a really nostalgic one. Um, but the one I ended up picking uh, was the um, the main theme from Mass Effect 2. Um, this is like the, it's the theme that plays like as you like create your save file and open that up. But it also like kind of plays during some of the like default um, intense missions of the game. And Mass Effect 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, mainly because it's kind of, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure game. Um, but like the theme also like it fits that idea because it's like the sound makes it feel like your decisions have stakes. Like, even though this is just a virtual world, it's like, okay, this, this is intense. This is important. I need to make the right decision. It kind of gives me that vibe. think you could have picked better outro music for yourself man. that's so epic thanks no i'm already sweating that just gives me gives me some memories man <laughs> brendan you've been a great guest man i don't know if you want to hang around for our picks or not but uh i think that's one of the better interviews we've had on this podcast so yeah. thank, thank you, you so, so much, much. Man. no i'd love to hear your guys's picks um and if you don't mind like uh, i'd love to plug raving geeks again one more time go for uh, it. you can find us on uh Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as on the uh, CM Life website, www.cm-life.com. Uh, we'd love to have you interact with you. Um, so thank you guys for having, thank you so much for having me on, and I'd love to hear your picks.
Sweet. All right. I think we got Ben going first then. What's yeah. your first one, man? So we, um, we've already well, talked. Before we get going, though, Michael. Sorry. Okay. I, I, okay. I you, but I, I, I do got to ask this. Um, you know, um, before we moving, because I thought this was very interesting, kind of looking at our picks, because, um, I mean, I think we, uh, between the three of us, um, you know, I think we have pretty similar music tastes, or at the very least, we have liars we do kind of cross over. I can think of a handful of bands off the top of my head that we all can agree on are amazing. Um, the, the I, I I feel like from doing this, we have we seem to have very different experiences and tastes when it comes to video games, like the ones that we've at really least played throughout our lives. Um, I think it was very interesting, you know, I think, and as I think was, we'll kind of discover throughout here, we all have very different kind of stuff that we seem to uh, um, gravitate to. So the, the question I have is, what are, what are, and Brendan, if you want to answer this too, feel free. Um, what are you kind of, kind of guys' past experiences with video games? Um, you know, not even necessarily with the music, but just so I kind of have a better understanding and where you two right. are coming from. I can go first, Michael, if you want. Go for it. Um, for me personally, uh, my interest, my, uh, relationship with the video games, I think is kind of interesting because I don't know if y'all know this, but, um, up until like freshman, sophomore year of high school, I didn't really care about music. I was like a sports guy. <laughs> what? Yeah. Believe it or not. Um, that was like, I've always had one really big interest and football was like huge interest for me up to like freshman year of high school. So most of my sports game or most of my gaming experience up to that point was just sports video games because I really liked, but I mean, the stuff that I really liked, it's like, I wouldn't play games and I wouldn't like do seasons. I would just sort of create teams and characters. I've always liked the creative aspect of games, but then ever since I got into music, I was able to actually, you know, play like good video games. Um, and I've got, I'm, I'm really into simulation stuff primarily a lot of my stuff is simulation i like older looking stuff as well um i don't know but but video games as a part of my life have always kind of been there but it's really like a mood thing for me like there'll be weeks where i'm like oh man i really want to play minecraft or steep or something and there are lots of weeks where i can go without it and i'm totally fine michael how's, yeah. how's your ex with video games similar similarly to you ben very interesting i grew up with a Wii, with an Xbox, with a DS. I've had video games throughout my entire life and I'm very grateful for that. I had parents that, you know, while they were apprehensive about me um, playing like mature games early on, they let me, they, they loved the aspect of like a family coming together and playing a video game together, which was really unconventional in the early 2000s. Like, I mean, maybe Brendan, you can agree with this. Like, did your parents like kind of have restrictions for you early on as far as playing video games? Yeah. Uh, I remember specifically like time restrictions They're like, all right, you get 15 minutes a day. I'm like 15 minutes. Like I can't do anything in 15 minutes. Um, but then yeah, I never had like a, a family thing where we all like wanted to play a video game. The closest thing was um, I recently have been able to convince my parents to play um, Wii Sports with me. Nice. But like that's not the same as like a Mario Party or like a, a Mario Kart or even like Minecraft. Right. We did we did Mario Kart. We did Wii Sports. We loved 
on the Wii together. And then I eventually got my Xbox and the 15 minutes a day turned into like five hours a day. And, you know, I, going back, I probably could have been playing outside like a normal kid, but I really did enjoy that time. And I think it made me a more creative person in the long run because I loved the being invested in worlds. And that's why I came back to really enjoying like single player uh, open world games. So Skyrim, uh, Dark Souls, um, you know, GTA, like I, I can get online and play with my friends. I remember doing that in certain instances. Most of my life, I, it was really split screen multiplayer and single player and just kind of getting holed up in my room for hours and just like putting in so much time into video games. And nowadays with college, I barely play video games anymore. And it's kind of, it kind of depressed me early on, especially last year, because I felt like something was missing. So now every weekend I try to put in at least like one or two hours, like playing a video game with my girlfriend or playing a game by myself, whether that be Skyrim, Minecraft, just anything that's available, because it really does send me to a certain place of happiness that I can't get anywhere else. Well, uh, I don't know how to top that, but um, I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, I'll, I'll keep mine as brief as possible. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat as a lot of you. I grew up having a Wii around the house. Um, I had a DS uh, Lite. Yeah, DS Lite growing up. Um, Game Boy Advance as well. Um, I was always more of a PlayStation guy, so I had the original PlayStation and PlayStation 2 and go onwards. I don't have the PS5 yet. I don't really feel like dropping the money on that because i mean i like games i do like video games but i'm just i don't know just something about it just has it's just kind of gone away from me the more i've kind of explored music and other art forms i still jump uh to start up some old games every now and again but um it's not as much of a love as it used to be when i was like 12 13 um or even younger um I, I played a lot of uh, Smash Brothers, played a lot of the original Star Wars, Battlefront 2, so were some of my early favorites. Um, I, I, I also have an infinity for open world games, um, you, uh, like you, Michael, I like playing uh, Just Cause, if you are aware, anyone's aware of that, those titles. Uh, particularly, I also really like driving open world, so GTA, your, your Burnout Paradises, your driver your driver games, well, at least the first in the San Francisco, so decent titles in that, that series but yeah I, I mean it's it's something that's always kind of been around in my life um but it's just kind of ebbs and flows uh throughout um you know throughout my life as far as how much i'm playing it when i'm playing it so kind of similar to you man it's just kind of when that itch comes in it's when i want to uh kind of resolve it but yeah i mean that's just my general summation um you know, obviously, if a video, video game is a really good soundtrack, it's going to be very memorable in my eyes, just to kind of tie it back to uh, today's topic. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I think that's, I just kind of wanted to, like I said earlier, wanted to know where you guys are coming from the video game front. Um, but now I think that we've kind of answered that. Ben, I'd really like to hear your first pick. All right. Um, so, before I was so rudely interrupted. I'm sorry. I was saying, um, we've already talked about it some already in the interview amongst each other. There's a lot of nostalgia that comes with video games. And I think for a lot of people our age and younger and older, um, there's not much more, there's not a much more nostalgic video game soundtrack than Minecraft. We can all, 
or most of us can remember sinking hour after hour into building the perfect house in survival mode, into building beautiful cities in creative mode. And this music, the music of Minecraft is really amazing because you can spend 100, 200, 500 hours playing Minecraft and the music never gets old, it never gets annoying, and it's never obtrusive. That's something that's really interesting about the music is that it blends perfectly into the video game world and the soundscape that's already there. So a lot of times a song would start playing and I wouldn't even notice it until it was about halfway done. Um, and there's a lot of nostalgia that comes with this music for me. I'm sure that some of you can relate to that. I'm gonna play one of my favorite songs by C418 from that soundtrack entitled Wet Hands. This raises a really interesting question I wanted to ask you all. I was thinking about it while we were doing our interview earlier. Um, I have lots of favorite movies. Like, I'm a music guy, first and foremost, but if I had to think of my second favorite art form, it's definitely movies. But I can listen to the soundtrack of any movie that I really, really love. My, my most favorite movie, True Stories, that I've talked about on the show before. And nothing from any, any movie gives me quite the same feeling as something from the Minecraft soundtrack does, as something from the Stardew Valley soundtrack does. Do you guys have a similar experience? Does this, like, this makes me feel the heaviest, like, melancholiest nostalgia ever that I feel from any piece of media. And I don't get that from anywhere else. And I'm, why do you think that is? Why, why can't a movie do that when this video game soundtrack can Brendan, if you got an answer for that, I don't know. That's a big question. Um, it is a big question, um, and I'm trying to collect my thoughts on it. But my, my knee-jerk reaction is um, that the music in movies is meant to really like accompany the the visual aspect, but the visual is like the most important part of the film and the most like in-depth part. Um, like there used to be silent films and they were still successful, but we've never had like silent video games. Um, so I think the, the music in a movie is always supposed to be accompanied by, you know, the, the movie as much as you can listen to it. Like it's an, it's created and intended to like accompany the movie, which in and of itself has its own like emotional value. Um, but with a, a video game, 
um, because there's as much as they can do like motion capture stuff and like uh, make it look as realistic as possible. It's always going to be like a, a fake world. Like it's, you're immersing yourself in some new world. And that mm-hmm. isn't always the case for like a movie as much as there's like fictional universes and stuff like that. I feel like the goal of the movie is to get you to think my world and their world aren't too different and I can relate to them. But the video game world is I'd like to escape my world and here's mm-hmm. the music that I'm going to use to do that. Um, so I think like with Minecraft, it's like, okay, this is the music of the Minecraft world, but with like a movie, like the, my favorite movie music is um, Avengers Endgame. That just like hypes me up every time I listen to it. But like, that's the music that is like, was given to me to accompany that movie. While the Minecraft music is the music of Minecraft, like of oh. that world. If that makes sense. Does that make it's enough a, of a distinction? No, I, I think it really does. It's a piece of that universe. So it's kind of like um, in Narnia, when at the end of Narnia, when they get nostalgic about like, oh man, I miss the the world of Narnia. It's kind of like that. It's like, mm-hmm. this is another world we go into. So when I hear that Minecraft music, I'm not just thinking about the game. I'm thinking about all my experiences within another world, essentially, which sounds cheesy as hell, but really is true. Yeah. No, I, I think Brendan said it best. It, it is like the soundtrack to a different life you have. Like I have my I have my real life where I'm a, a journalism student and I go to school and I do a podcast. But then I have the castle that I'm building in Minecraft right now that's made out of cobblestone and and you know red bricks and I have a town underneath it. And that's my Minecraft life. And I, I that's the music that goes along with it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think, yeah, I could, like Michael said, I think Brenda said it really well. I mean, what I would say, I mean, just really to kind of put it in simpler terms, I think it's just because video games are so much more immersive, I feel, than movies mm-hmm. or TV shows. And I think what because you get us so immersed, you have, it's so much easier to get that personal connection, I feel, because there's so much, depending on how good the video game is, you know, uh, Call of Duty does not apply here. Mm-hmm screwed those games um but something like minecraft while i've never played it i never had a really interest in it as a kid which was just dumb because honestly this, it was a game i probably would have really enjoyed if i had actually invested time in it but it, it's a game where you, you're able to be creative and you're almost able to kind of create your own world or to at least explore a world you know and fight monsters you have it allows for that more intimate setting i think so Actually, Andrew, uh, no, that- there's like a. I think one of my picks kind of also falls under this umbrella, and I'll talk about that later. But yeah, I, I know what you mean, Ben. I think when I when I think of like music or something that's like super nostalgic, I tend to jump to video games first before I jump to any movies I may have really enjoyed growing up. Andrew, that word you you just use immersive made me think of a way better way to like word what I just said, and that's like <laughs> with a with a movie, you're following the story of the characters in the movie and the music they're associated with that is their story. Mm-hmm. And as much as it ev- is evokes the motion, the emotions of their story, it's not my story, but with a video game, because you're so immersed in it, you are the character. This is partially your story. As much as the developers have created that, like the path for you to follow, it's still your story. You're making the decisions, you're playing the game without you. There's no end. So like the music that's associated with that is also more your music than the music associated with someone else's story. That makes perfect sense to me. Andrew, let's hear your pick. Man. But yeah, before we get All too right. deep. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll, I'll do my best to dig out of this hole. Um, 
Although I think it was a great conversation, though. Glad we had it. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll kind of jump to a completely different kind of game. Like I said, I think we all have pretty varying picks here. Um, and we're going to a game that I'm not necessarily nostalgic for, but I'm very sentimental about. Um, that makes sense because I, I didn't I didn't this game I played probably when I was like 13 uh, or so So this was like kind of in the midst of my like the height of my video game fandom, but Also was the genesis of my music fandom. I think I've told this mm-hmm. I think I told the story all the way back in our hair metal episode Which you can go listen back to in our archive um, I'm talking about the game burnout paradise um, I have it here for the ps3 because that's what I played it on Um it's if you don't know the burnout series they i think they started under i'm pretty sure they started under the ps2 era era maybe the ps1 era i don't know brendan if you can confirm that for me or not um uh but i i know burnout 3 which is probably the more popular installments of the series came out of ps2 and then this was the follow-up to that burnout paradise which was uh kind of took a the series in a different direction it was more open world uh, I was driving. Basically, if you've never played it, drive cars stupidly fast. It's beyond physical possibility. And you get into insane car wrecks. Uh, maybe there's some racing in there. I don't know. That's basically Burnout Paradise. It's a ton of fun. And the remember, the, I still have a vivid memory. The first time I played this, I was driving and I hit like a car. I hadn't seen the damage, like physics, the damage engine yet. I was like, oh, what's going to happen? And then it just like the cars just got annihilated they were just like half the size they used to be it was just insane it's great but uh when you first boot up the game uh the song paradise city because uh burnout paradise you see what the game did there uh comes on by guns and roses uh ben i know ben and michael just love um and it just kind of immerses you in this kind of you could just drive in this just kind of la New York City inspired kind of there's like a lot of different cities that kind of takes inspiration from and you and it's just a blast and this has I think one of the more quintessential EA uh, type of soundtracks you hear from like the the early to mid even into the late 2000s where EA was kind of pulling a lot of I guess pop punk and punk rock and uh, you know rock music you were hearing on the radio at the time or even pulling us from classic rock you know it has that ea kind of soundtrack feel i don't know if that makes sense to you all um you know and and i'm and i appreciate it because a lot of the bands in here i discovered soundgarden and alice in chains uh, guns and roses uh even some bands i'm not really fond of nowadays like jimmy Eat world i first heard about um kind of playing this game i really started my music fandom it made me interested in exploring music more and eventually music kind of beat out video games for me as far as what i love so um before i i, I play a song that i really want to play from here i i was curious if it, any of you had any experience with this game or uh kind of any other kind of ea soundtrack stuff with it yeah um i bought the remaster of this for the playstation 4 and i've gotten like a few hours into it i definitely feel all the stuff you're feeling my personal burnout experience i had burnout three for the playstation 2 and i totally like that that sort of ruined me for racing games like whenever i was playing any other racing game i was just trying to crash and i've been really disappointed by crash physics in a lot of other games since playing this one um but it's this is definitely the the perfect kind of car game for me i love destruction more than anything definitely 
I am not a racing game fan unless you're counting Mario Kart. Uh, I don't know why it just never came out for me, but kind of like what I was going on earlier. Um, when I'm playing like an open world game, that's when I feel most immersed, most at home. Um, racing puts a lot of tension on me, and that's not what I'm looking for in a video game. But I can see why other people like it. That is the interesting thing about um, Burnout Paradise, though, is that it is open world, which makes it feel kind of like GTA, but without getting out of the car. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and honestly, that's why it's by my favorite installment of the series because you you can just kind of around do whatever. It's a really fun map. Um, if you've never played it, like Ben said, you can get the remastered version digitally now. Um, I know it's it's a lot more popular than I remember. Than I actually assumed it was, which was just really nice to hear. Um, the song I want Ben to play for me here right now is uh, from from a long forgotten band. They kind of pulled out some of these obscure songs, these album tracks, and these obscure bands every now and again. I don't know how they built these soundtracks. I'd be interested to hear about it. Um, uh, this band called Sugar Cult. Um, I guess they're pop punky. I don't know what they are. I guess they're just rock. I don't know. Uh, the song's called Dead Living. Like, like of all the songs, that's the song to me that makes me think about Burnout Paradise the most. It's not the greatest thing. The lyrics, honestly, are terrible. But um, I think the song is fun enough. So, Ben, why don't you play some of it for us? It's just a paycheck, making arrangements to burn it to the ground I can't fake it, we're nothing sacred Making arrangements to burn it to the ground Beauty lies in the ignorant with the sound Selling out to the Ben, why are you laughing? I feel like uh, I'm on our nostalgic music of our childhood episode. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a song that benefits from being able to drive at like 200 miles an hour. Um, mm -hmm. Makes it feel more epic. Um, the only thing, I, only thing, only thing I'll say about this uh, soundtrack is that it also features. Uh, there's like like three like parts to the soundtrack there's like the licensed stuff there's like the music from like past games that you can listen on here for some reason and like classical music like you get Bach and Beethoven in here because it's, it's just a funny just tradition to be driving at like you know some wonderful like classical suite and then just dying in a car wreck I don't know um, it's, um, it, it's a fun soundtrack even if it has Avril Lavigne in there uh, um, but yeah, that's about as much I have to say about this. Um, I'll let Michael go next now. Sweet. All right, guys. This particular song, this particular band, I've been wanting to find an excuse to bring on this podcast since Andrew first asked me to be on the show. And I am yeah. not lying when I say that. It is that fucking awesome to me. And I mean awesome as in awesome snakes. 
the name of this band, which I discovered on the Skate 2 soundtrack. Um, the only sports games I played, if you want to count it as one, is skateboarding video games. So Tony Hawk and specifically Skate 2 and Skate 3. And I discovered this song um, playing it with like a really old childhood friend from like kindergarten or like first grade. And I heard this and immediately got stuck in my head and didn't leave it for about, you know, 15 years. Mm. So I think this song is so funny and so exciting and so fun. The Awesome Snakes is a two-person punk rock band from Minnesota. Um, and Annie Holian and Danny Henry are the drum and or the bassist and the drummer respectively and uh most notably from uh the band the soviets is their uh more claim to fame but this is a side project where they decided to drop everything in that band and just do something funny and do something fun i've tried so hard to find more information on this band but it's just not out there because it's so obscure and so like forgettable for so many people but this song and this entire album is so awesome. Like, here, I got to read some of these song titles. So, of course, the one I'm going to play for you is I Want a Snake. The first track is called Venom. Shut Up, Whiskey Verse Police. It would be awesome if we weren't here. And my personal favorite, You Don't Like Snakes, I Don't Like You. Uh, just It's just a, a, such an awesome album, guys. If It's really, this is one of those albums that I keep for myself for um for so long and it kind of feels like i'm it's like a child going off to college when i show it to other people so this is a really important moment for me so ben without further ado play i want a snake wow here we go snakes aren't stupid sure that kid's going to college michael (laughs) dude i'm I'm about to cry i i feel really uh i feel really emotional about this brendan what do you think of that man (laughs) what Um, do you think of that song (laughs) as someone that was a big fan of the tony hawk pro skater games uh that fits the vibe of a skating game so well (laughs) like the fact that it's from skate 2 that you mentioned that before made me enjoy it more because i was just imagining like wiping out while trying to do some dumb simple trick on that game <laughs> as like he's like like spelling out awesome like i just i think the the vibes are immaculate on that one thank you thank you Hope uh, y'all liked i've that. never played skate 2 i've played skate 3 and very much from my understanding the skate games are just tony hawk but with slapstick comedy and then it's and it's great 
it, it's hilarious. Um, you know, that's I think that's why I really enjoy playing it. And honestly, I couldn't think of a better song to encapsulate what the skate games are like than than what you just played, Michael. I'm very happy you brought that on. It was really funny. Um, I, I could, out of curiosity, I took a peek. What else was on that soundtrack? You know, and I, I was surprised how varied it was. You know, normally. Oh, yeah. when you Tony Hawk, you think of all these kind of like mid-tier 90s punk bands like Guttermouth and Ten Foot Pole, they kind of show them in there. And a lot of the stuff is great, to me at least, but um, yeah, you got a lot of rap, you got some metal in there, uh, you, could, you got there's some Priest and uh, Sabbath on there. Um, that's something that Tony Hawk didn't have. Well, it's, huh? That's something Tony Hawk didn't have. That's why I preferred the Skate 2 soundtracks, because like you have everything from like soul like sam and dave yeah. to like shit like this and it, it so much of my music taste got formulated from those games skate two mm -hmm. and skate through strongly recommend but anyway we got to keep it moving because we, we're already pretty pretty long right now but go ahead then we'll keep the uh, nostalgia fest rolling you know there are all kinds of things you can do in a video game you can shoot a a, a good guy or a bad guy or a regular civilian um, you can you can drive a car around real fast or slow you can uh, you know you can put some blocks in uh, in an order to make them disappear um, but something sometimes you know you just want to do some farming and if you want to do some farming there's really no Play game better simulator then Stardew Valley farm farm simulator <laughs> farming simulator is a really fun game to try and break, but if you just want to sit back and not listen to atrocious country music and listen to a really good original soundtrack, you should play Stardew Valley. Um, Stardew Valley is a game I was definitely late to the party getting into. I got into it like uh, end of 2019, going into 2020, I think. Um, because I was, you know, it was a long winter break and me and my, uh, partner, we just, we needed stuff to do together online instead of just, you know, staring at each other's faces in a box. So doing some co-op farming in Stardew Valley was a great thing to do. I highly recommend it for any couple close, near or far. Um, but something that really, really elevates this game for me and made me nostalgic, like immediately upon hearing it, I don't have that long of a history with this game, but this music that's in it it's just really it's got the perfect mix between chip tuny kind of stuff and um americana folky kind of stuff it's a very interesting soundtrack and it really really fits the vibe so i'm going to play you a little bit of pelican town from the soundtrack just so you can kind of get a sense of what i'm talking about but there are so many original songs for this game and little pieces of of music that it's really crazy and it's all streaming so i highly recommend playing the game it's cheap and then listening to the music so here's a little bit of pelican town
It's a pretty, it, it's just a very pleasant soundtrack for a very pleasant game. You're not really facing off against enemies very often. There's no way to like permanently die. It's really just a very, very relaxed experience. And that's what I look for in a lot of games, especially nowadays. Nice. Yeah. I, I love Stardew Valley too. I got it for Switch when I used to have a Switch. And I, I put in, I sunk hours into that game. It was really fun. It, that's probably the only game that would like replicate the same feeling I get from Minecraft. Yeah. That's definitely, I, I, I really get that vibe, but I'm able to play it mm-hmm. sort of on a smaller scale. And there's not as much thought going into it because I'm not having to create everything from scratch. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. All right. Well, I never played Stardew Valley, so I can't really add much comments to it. But what I can comment on is my next pick, and I'm very excited for this one because uh, Ben mentioned nostalgia a lot earlier. And for me, the music of this game is just the most concentrated, pure nostalgia I could think of. Um, right? Because I knew it had to have a pick like that on here. And I want to set this up for a bit. Imagine going, you imagine seeing this game that all your friends are playing and you're like, yes, I have to have this. I need to go pick this up. Um, so you go into GameStop, you know, when it was still, you know, selling games, not Funko Pops. Um, and wasn't being, wasn't the topic of the stock market for some reason. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> uh, you go in there and you get the game used in, in my case. Um, the one they had and all your Christmas money on it. You take it home, you put it in your Game Boy Advance, start it up, and then you hear this. Who don't know those listening home who don't know that was the main theme to uh the pokemon ruby and Saf- sapphire and emerald i guess too um yeah the amount of my childhood that i had devoted to playing pokemon is almost frightening i, I would imagine um you know especially on the game boy advances i'm gonna sound like a total nerd this i might lose a lot of people here but i'll I, i'll do my best to explain i was very much in the generation three era pokemon which is all the the games that came out on the game boy advanced um and i think honestly looking back at everything that's where the for me my money the best music came from uh you know it's just i just love pokemon i know it's basically glorified dog fighting but I love Pokemon so much. It, you know, and, and, and recently I've been getting back into it, uh, totally not playing on emulators. Please, 
or Nintendo, do not come busting down my door. Um, but yeah, before I move any further, I, I, I do want to ask you all, um, because I feel like everyone our age has some connection to Pokemon. Um in, in some facet uh, real quick uh, i kind of want to hear you guys' you know experiences with playing the, either playing these games or maybe you played the trading card games i don't know uh, what, what do you what do you what are you guys' relationship with pokemon hmm. i think brendan may- should start this one out oh yeah. uh that might not be a good idea i'll try and keep this short um so one of my claims to fame for myself i'm just very proud of this is i own every single main series pokemon game from red and uh, green, the one that was re- released exclusively in Japan, to sword and shield. Um, and I have a Word document on my computer where I have like the ideal team that I want for each game based on who I can get. I also have the systems to trade with myself so that I can get all the Pokemon that I want. So I am a huge Pokemon fan. Um, I grew up more in the Generation 4, so I have a bit of nostalgia with that. My first game was Platinum. Um, but I agree with you. I think uh, Generation 3 definitely produced some of the most um, impactful music. I feel like it gets more subtle later on, but like all of the Pokemon generations have like incredible, uh, incredible soundtracks. Um, but I feel like part of the culture of a Pokemon game, especially for like our generation, was um, having to play it on silent like the volume all the way down. So your parents wouldn't hear you down the hall. And if they got up, you could quick close it, shove it under your pillow and pretend you were asleep. So I feel like a lot of the music that uh, comes in a Pokemon game is underappreciated because most people don't remember exactly where all the music was just because like, uh, unless it was a really epic moment that you like catching the legendary of the game or beating the champion, you might not have turned the volume on. And I feel like that's part of the culture that the, the music might be missing. I love that. Oh my God. Such nostalgia right there. I, I, I like you, Brenda was a gen four. That's when I got into it. First one was diamond or pearl. I, me and my brother were huge Pokemon fans. So when the two games came out, cause it would usually release in two, my brother would get one and I would get one and then we trade. So I, I would, I would have had diamond or pearl and I always chose the grass types as the starters. I always, um use the action replay to get a, 999 rare candies to get my pokemon up to level 100 and oh my god you're you're opening the door right now man but yeah that's my pokemon experience <laughs> go ahead ben um i hate to be the odd one out <laughs> but i have zero experience <laughs> with pokemon <laughs> at all um my sister's into it uh that's that's what I got. I, I really don't. Lots of things I feel like passed me by. I don't know why, but Pokemon is one, and I am probably worse off for it. Oh, don't don't beat yourself up too too much, Ben. I'll I'll come over and I'll I'll share all the Pokemon knowledge I can with you. But um, no, uh, well, no, like I did play Generation Four a lot, and I think some of the music there is fine too. I had Diamond, I had Heart Gold. I kind of jumped off of Gen Five, um, but. For me, I started with Leaf Green. That was my first Pokemon game, uh, which was for people don't know the remake of the original Red, Fire Red and Leaf Green was the original the remakes of the original Red and Blue games that came out here in America. Um, 
And I went on to Pokemon Ruby, and I played also Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, the the Red Rescue Team, the original one for the Game Boy, which is an amazing game, really underrated. Um, just so much, I, I, and you know, looking back, you know, not only do I remember, remember how much I love playing these games, I forgot how great the music was because I I guess I was a good little muffin, and I never snuck under, you know, played it under the sheets, you know, pretending to hide it from my parents. I know, wow. Too good, I guess. But so I always had the volume on, um, you know. Um, so I was able to hear this music, and I loved it. I, I think a lot of the music is fantastic. So um, yeah, uh, I'm just really happy to hear a lot of you. I'm not the only one here who has a lot of strong members for this game. Uh, real quick thing about the music: Ruby and Sapphire had a lot of horns and trumpets and mixed with chip tune in there. She gave it its really epic feel, and uh, uh, Leaf Green and Fire Red were just kind of re-rendition, re- 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 um, re- re- were renditions of the first, the original game soundtracks, um, and yeah, so it was just kind of, but more dynamic. It wasn't eight bit music this time. It was a lot more different elements in there, which honestly I think are better. I know some people really like the eight bit stuff, but I, I think. For me, I love bombastic, epic stuff with my video game music, and honestly, I, re-listening to a lot of this stuff, you can't really get more of it. I, I'd highly recommend if you haven't, if you don't remember much of the music in these games, just go back on YouTube, f- find the the original scores for these games, and it'll all come back. I swear, if you played it anywhere near as much as I did. So, the fire red, um, leaf green, lavender town rendition still gives me the creeps. Really? Okay. Yeah, we will. We we talked about that on our uh, on our weird music story episode. You can go back in our archives, listen wow. to that, and uh, kind of speed this along. I will let Ben play the trainer battle music uh, from Leaf Green and Fire Red, and we will move on to Michael's next pick. Let's tone it back down on this emotional roller coaster of nostalgia. Uh, we've already mentioned the Elder Scrolls, the Elder Scrolls games a couple of times, but really, when we're talking about video games that send you into another world, to me, there's nothing better than Skyrim, and there will never be anything better than Skyrim. 
Uh, this is without a doubt my favorite game of all time simply for the amount of hours I've sucked into this game, the amount of cultural relevance that's still around about this game, the fact that I can walk up to any leisurely guy my age and ask, hey, what was your build in Skyrim? Were you a stealth archer? Were you a, a tank? Were you a, a like assassin? Did you go to the Dark Brotherhood? I love having those conversations all the time. And I got to show Skyrim to Ben for the first time like a couple months ago, and you instantly started to love it. Um, like, I just, uh, I can't imagine another game that can capture what Skyrim did for me. Um, I won't go on more than that, other than if you didn't play this, you're missing a benchmark in gaming history. Uh, as far as the music goes, it serves one purpose and one person only, and that's to immerse you into the game even more than the landscapes, the characters, the storylines already do. And this song that I'm about to play for you is kind of a standout against all the rest of them. Um, Jerry Souls or Jeremy Souls has soundtracked a number of our favorite games. His Skyrim soundtrack will always live as one of the most impressive atmospheric ambient um, collection of uh, symphonies ever. But this kind of solo piano ballad that plays as you see the two moons rise over Nern and you see the constellations in the sky as you're going through the night in Skyrim, uh, as you're just leaving a cave after exploring for three hours, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. So here's Secunda. any memories of Skyrim you're gonna shoot me Michael um I have never played through Skyrim wow. oh, damn. Um, uh, I know okay Brendan I never have either so I'll just I'll come it's, it's yeah. on my list but I know how much of an investment it is and like it in is, college I don't is. know if I have the time to do that especially because like there's other games I want to play too and it's just uh, it's a lot but it, I know I have to play it you do. Everyone does, I think. And I will uh, I, I will say, Brennan, it is an investment. It's going to take up a lot of your time. And playing it as a college-age student, uh, probably not the best idea. But coming home from school, you microwave some pizza pockets. You uh, sit down in your room and turn this on. And then you're playing till your mom yells at you to go to bed. 
those are some fond memories of mine. So we'll keep going though. It's Ben's turn. All right. So for my final pick, I went with something maybe not totally nostalgic for me, but definitely something that really, really fits my, my MO, especially when it comes to uh, the kind of movies I like. Um, so in elementary school, I don't know if anyone shares this experience with me, but we had the computer lab. There were lots of things in the computer lab. In our computer lab, we had like putt-putt travels through time. We had kid picks, which was really great. But the thing that I found myself returning to over and over again was Oregon Trail. And I think that that was the fifth edition. But I loved everything about that game. I loved just fucking with it, really. I loved loading up on way too much ammo and not enough food and just seeing what happened. I loved inputting all my friends' names and seeing who died of dysentery first. (laughs) So you know that in 2016, when an indie game developer called Too Many Hats makes a game called Oregon Trail, which is a direct zombie apocalypse-based parody on the original Oregon Trail, that's probably going to be one of my favorite video games. And it's such a great time. The hunting elements, you're going out, instead of hunting for animals and food, you're going out trying to scavenge and shooting zombies away from you. Instead of a wagon, you have an old station wagon. Your party can turn into zombies. You can have to put them down if they get bit. You can find tombstones on the sides of the roads. Every load screen for every city you stop in is they're just completely destroyed. There are zombies everywhere. The art is beautiful. Um, it's all eight bit stuff. It just looks really great. And the soundtrack is really, really interesting because it pulls a lot of eight bit elements, but it puts them with things like, uh, sampled live drums. So instead of having clicky clacky drums, you have some pretty competent sounding sampled drums. Um, uh, the the music it really evokes sort of the starkness that a post apocalyptic zombie apocalypse world would feel like, and it, it's it's a really lonely feeling game, and it's very very immersive, especially for the really simple nature of the graphics. Um, I'm going to play a little song called Highways and Headstones, and you can get this whole soundtrack. Um, You can find it on YouTube. You can get it on Steam bundled with the game if you buy it there. That's how I got it. Um, I highly recommend this game and this soundtrack.
Definitely one of the weirder soundtracks I know and a favorite because of it. I vibe with that so hard. That's just begging to be sampled. Maybe you can do that, Ben. Maybe I will. Yeah, I, I've never played. I've never played Oregon Trail or Oregon Trail, but um, I have seen gameplay of Oregon Trail before. And I, and I even though yeah, zombies and everything, it's a meme. But it, it, I think it's a really, really interesting reimagining of that of that classic game. And I was surprised to hear when I listened to this for this episode how like interesting the soundtrack was. It wasn't just eight bit stuff. It had guitar. It had drums. It had orchestral songs even. So. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I also really appreciate how kind of dynamic the soundtrack is. Yeah. Okay. So I think we can move on to your final pick, Andrew. Oh, wonderful. Well, I'll keep this short. Um, well, I, this is probably one of the most mainstream picks that I could bring to the table here. Uh, GTA V. Um, I, I've played a good number of the GTA games, but mainly GTA V. That's kind of where I started. Um, and I'm sure most you know gamers can also share that it's a great game. I feel like I really need to get into that. Um, but something I always appreciated from the GTA games, how good their in-game radio stations are, how good their soundtracks are. Um, and GTA V, I think, was just just I just love how like immersive it tries to be. We talked about being immersive earlier, but when you listen to their radio radio stations uh they all they they they, i think they they, you can tell the developers really tried their best to make it feel like actual radio stations there's a good like a like i think over 400 licensed songs in there plus some talk radio stations they um a couple songs from like outside bands like wrote songs for the soundtrack as well and even a lot of the djs in 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 these stations are actual musicians kind of or or some sort of music personality being paired with the genre they fit in for instance kenny loggins was the dj for um the classic rock station and uh and i really appreciated how gta 5 kind of approached that i mean really like at this point like apart from maybe like having more like larger playlists for each station. The only thing they're kind of miss, the only way they could probably be more um, immersive or genuine sounding, they actually let you stream like actual internet or FM radio stations in game, um, which would be interesting, but I feel like kind of would defeat the purpose because a lot of the DJs in there also kind of have these snarky uh, parody kind of lines that they deliver, which is for, I would just app for the, for the stations. Knowing me though, I listen to a lot of Channel X on GTA because I'm a punk guy. So of course I go for uh, uh, the punk station. Um, and it's really cool because most of the bands in there are Southern California bands, uh, which makes sense because the game's in San Andreas, their take on LA. Um, it's really cool. And Keith Morris, famed uh, frontman for uh, Black Flag and the Circle Jerks and now off. Um, uh, was the DJ for that, and he had a lot of funny lines in there. Um, and his band, Off, actually wrote a song for Channel X in-game, um, which I'd like to play for now. It's called What's Next. But first, let's hear, I guess we might as well hear a little bit from Keith Morris himself. And let's, let's, let's hear his hot takes on the world. We're keeping it very real here on Channel X. We are rebelling hard against theme parks and car parks and developing in national parks and all the other shit we specialize in down here in the world capital of plastic. Vinewood, USA. We've dedicated our lives to the pursuit of truth. And what have we learned? 
punk rock ain't always true, and Vinewood ain't always bad. Sometimes you want nothing more than a glib ending and a plastic resolution to everything. Keep dreaming, America. It's time for my training montage. There is nothing cooler than like driving away from like 10 cop cars while this is playing or Omiva by Adolescence or uh, Blown Away by the Youth Brigade. You, you, you get the point. It's uh, yeah, so much fun. Andrew, I have to talk about the GTA soundtrack for a second. So I had GTA had always been like forbidden fruit for me. I was so, so interested in playing that game, but I knew it was something my parents would get mad at me about if they ever found out about it. So I didn't want to spend the money. Then I got to college and I was like, well, first of all, I mean, as of like two or three years ago, I'm sure my parents wouldn't have cared anymore anyway. And also like I have my own money now. I can go out and buy this and it, it's not going to put a dent in my, you know, back in the day, a hundred bucks or however, that was probably the max amount of money I'd ever had. I was completely blown away by the radio stations in this. I mean, if you listen to everything on that clip, listen to the sound design and how he doesn't really sound like a regular DJ, but his voice is super compressed and like a little distorted. Like it fits the vibe perfectly. And the DJs are like swearing on every station. It's great. And the, the mix of music is perfect. It doesn't ever get old. And you can... You can go around the dial and no matter who you are, you can find something you're going to like. It's really, really just an amazing attention to detail. And it makes me excited for whenever another GTA game is going to come out. It's it's definitely one of the best soundtracks, especially of licensed music. Brendan, are you a GTA guy? Do you ever play? Um, the actual game? No. Modded versions of the game? Yes. <laughs> Um, let's see what, what are the, I mean, I won't go through like the whole list of mods, but like doing all the like random GTA stuff that you guys have already mentioned, like with the radio stations on in the back, but like as a Spider-Man is like <laughs> a very cathartic experience. <laughs> nice. Okay. Are you guys cool? If I go to my final pick, do it. All right. We'll wrap this up with what I consider and what many, uh, gaming historians would consider to be the most memorable video game soundtrack of all time. And it's kind of disappointing when I, I go around and ask people what their favorite games are and they don't immediately jump to The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time as just like one of those in their lists because this game was groundbreaking. Everybody knows that. You know, it was pioneer of 3D games. It, um, you know, the feeling of just being Link and going around Hyrule is just insane. Um, and the games that followed that, Majora's Mask, and, you know, eventually we get to the Wii and Twilight Princess. And now, most recently, Breath of the Wild is considered one of the greatest games of this deck of the last decade. So, I mean, it's just crazy that even going back to the 80s, 
Legend of Zelda has always pioneered video games and video game soundtracks. Um, for me, nothing stands the test of time more than the, the soundtrack of Ocarina of Time. But the cool thing about video game music that we haven't really talked about yet is its ability to be interpreted by other artists and other artists to cover it and other artists to do things with it, sample it. You know, I, I can't count how many rap songs have sampled, you know, video game music and video game sounds. Um, and then there's actual bands that will go on and cover these songs. And I've, I've actually recommended this series of songs before, um, way back, I think, in like season one of Soundtrack. Um, I'm talking about contemporary jazz groups, Bad, Bad, Not Good, and their rendition of both the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time title theme, Saria song, and Song of Storms. Um, I think the Song of Storms one is going to be a great outro for this episode. And to quote the top comment on this YouTube video, uh, Bro with the Bass is basically a stick of butter with arms and legs. So go ahead and play that, Ben. put that in our final song just to kind of say that video game music whether you know it or not is going to inspire especially artists that are up and coming in this generation i mean with video games being popularized in the early 2000s as a common hobby for young children no doubt in my mind that the sounds and music of those video games are going to impact the music scape for years to come Yes, sir. Perfect. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. Um, Brendan, do you have anything you want to add? Um, um, conversation? I mean, I really enjoyed all your guys' picks. Um, I'm glad I stuck around to, you know, kind of hear them. I was try- in my mind, I was trying to, like, while you guys were talking before we started filming, I was trying not to, like, listen in so I'd be, like, surprised with each one. And I was trying to guess as to, like, what kind of stuff I'd hear. And I'm really glad we ended off with, like, the Zelda remix because a lot of stuff that i originally thought of was like uh legend of zelda stuff um there were two things that i'm surprised we didn't hit on at all like in like the one your guys's picks and that was we got nothing from super smash bros which i always like know for its music because there's so much stuff that they pull from like of all the nintendo titles um and then more recently with sea shanties coming becoming more popular we didn't get anything from assassin's creed black flag yeah. if any of you have played that um and while i wouldn't say that's like exclusively video game music i still i love the assassin's creed black flag sea shanty playlist on spotify so those are my final comments but uh hats off to you all 
for uh, picking some great music. And thank you for coming on, Brendan. That interview was incredible. And I don't think we could have gotten a better guest for this one. I mean, you, you nailed all those questions and loved you hearing your opinions on all these songs. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We always do a recommendation section at the end of every episode. Um, I'm sorry I didn't ask for a recommendation from you, Brendan, but do you want to shout anything out? We usually always let the guests go first. This does not have to be related to the topic or anything like that, just some music that you like. You know what? I'm going to stick to my guns on this one. I'll say the Sea Shanties from Assassin's Creed specifically. Yeah. Um, sea Shanties are good, but like, I'm pretty sure they had some good originals on there as well as some uh, uh, their own renditions of some classics. So I, I'd go for those. Nice. Thank you. Very All right, good. who do we have first? Ben? I'm up, yeah. So in keeping with the order, and in a very, very slight way, attempting to keep with the theme, um, I'm going to recommend something from Lou Reed again. Uh, and it's something from his 1984 album, New Sensations. In particular, the title track, Why Did I Pick Lou Reed's New Sensations? Well, if you look at the album cover, it's a picture of Lou Reed on a TV, and then there's a tinier Lou Reed playing a joystick looking at the TV. I don't know what any of this means, but um, it comes two years before Mistrial, which is definitely his most 80s looking album. So I guess he was just sort of swinging for the fences uh, here. You're going to hear him sing about going for a motorcycle ride in this verse from New Sensations. And this song just has a really... It, it, it adapts the sound of Lou Reed to the 80s very nicely. I like this one a lot, and I hope that you do too. Sensations. I took my GPZ out for a ride. The engine felt good between my thighs. The air felt cold, it was 40 degrees outside. I rode to Pennsylvania near the Delaware Gap Sometimes I got lost and had to check the map I stopped at a roadside diner for a burger and a Coke There were some country folk and some hunters inside Somebody got themselves married and somebody died I went to the jukebox and played a hillbilly song they was arguing about football as I waved and went outside And I hit it for the mountains feeling warm inside I love that GPZ so much you know that I could kiss her Ooh, new sensations stuff thank you andrew yeah um mine's a, i have a lot less to say about mine because i don't know much about this band i kind of i think i found them actually just last night um the band's called were it's w-h-i-r-r -R. 
I don't know. Um, they're, they're pretty interesting sound. They're kind of a mix of like grunge and shoegaze or shoegaze, whatever. Um, and uh, and uh, some post-punk as well. Just really, really interesting stuff. Um, really heavy, but also kind of spacey. It's what I call it. Stuff I kind of like. So um, really don't have much more to say about it. Um, I just think it's really cool. So here you go. know this but you have stumbled upon one of the best up-and-coming shoegaze bands of the 2000s these these guys are raved a lot about in like you know like shoegaze forums and stuff like that so i'm i'm excited to see that you discovered them wow uh, yeah i had no idea so i probably sound like an idiot to like a lot of people <laughs> but that's okay <laughs> no man it's good my pick is from a band we all know and love uh, the prolific King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard put out a new single this past week called One. And we didn't really talk about it recently, but, you know, King Giz put out their self-titled, uh, you know, last year. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it, they're kind of revisiting the microtonal sounds that they did on uh, Flying Microtonal Banana. And I'm all here for it. But something about this single just hits way differently than all of those songs did because it still like kind of explodes more than those songs ever did. Um, it It's the songwriting is on point. It sounds like a classic American rock song, but just with all the King Giz vibes we know and love. So go ahead, Ben. You got it.
that pretty much ends all the segments we have. Once again, I'd like to thank Brendan Valentine for coming on. Please, for the love of God, check out Raving Geeks. Uh, and next week, what are we planning again? We have a list this time around. Huh? We have a list, right? Yeah, we have a list, if I'm correctly. Uh, <laughs> the list, because I think I checked before. Yes, I did check before. Uh, we jumped on here. Next week, we're going to calm things down a bit. We, we talked a lot about nostalgia at video games. You're an emotional high, but I think it's time to mellow out and we kind of just kind of accept winter as we are all kind of closing in. I know there's a huge winter storm rolling in through the Midwest uh, right now. And uh, what better time than just to cozy up by a fire, kind of warm and mellow out with some nice acoustic jams. Next week, we're going to talk about some of our favorite acoustic music. So stay tuned for that. And as always, good night to Detroit. I got a pocket full of quarters and I'm headed to